Welcome to the Community of Hope Church podcast. Our church exists to interest disinterested people in Jesus Christ and then grow together into fully devoted followers of Him. So wherever you are, we hope you find this message helpful, practical, and applicable to your life. God bless. Happy Easter to you and to yours from wherever you are. As we've already expressed, uh, just a really warm welcome to you if you're a first-time guest or somebody that's just checking out our church for the very first time. We're just so honored to have you with us. And uh, as Jess already shared, I hope you'll take a moment and text the word hello to the number on the screen. That's a way that we can acknowledge your presence with us. It's also a way that we can uh, have you get to know us just a little bit better, better. We're honored to have you with us. And hey, I just want to take a real quick moment, too, and I I want to welcome uh, also uh, all of our partners, our Community of Hope partners, all of our regular attendees, all of the Community of Hope family. I just want you to know how much I love you, how much I miss you, how much I've been praying for you guys uh, in this time. I I wish I could be with you. We could all be together and, you know, maybe we could, you know, fist bump or elbow thing or whatever. I know what we can do. I know what we can do. You know what? Every now and again, like when we're, there's something that's really exciting, something really important in Community of Hope, we'll do like a three, two, one, go COH. What if we did that like right now? So maybe we would even include the guests into that. So if you're with us, we're all going to do it. Instead, we're going to go three, two, one, he is risen. Okay, so now I want you to humor me in this. So you right there on the right with the coffee, put your coffee cup down. We're going to all do this together. You you on the left, you've been, you know, those weird pajamas you're wearing. You too. You too. You in the back, you've been wearing that T-shirt for a week and a half. Maybe not you, but everybody else, everybody else is in this moment. We're going to go three, two, one. He is risen. Ready? Go. Three, two, one. He is risen. All right. Great. Thank you for humoring me. I've been thinking about doing that absolutely all week long. But anyhow, uh, I want you to know that I am praying for you and we're going to get through this. And uh, I believe with all my heart, we're going to be stronger on the other side. So just want to just shout out to all of the regular Community of Hope family. And before I get uh, too far uh, into my message, I want to say this too. I don't want to miss my opportunity to invite everyone back next weekend. We're starting a brand new uh, series in our church. I'm really excited about it. We're calling the series Amazed. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to look at the life of Jesus. I was talking with my friend, uh, Kathy Copan. Some of you know her. She's on our team. She's a ministry colleague, been a friend of mine for a long time. And Kathy made a, a, a great observation. She said, you know, there's this little challenge verse that is in the back of the New Testament, in the back of the book of Hebrews, that says this. It basically says whenever we're in a challenging time where uh, what is required is perseverance for us to get through it. Does that, does that ring a bell for anybody? We're in a challenging time that requires perseverance to get through it. We should focus on the life of Jesus. And in fact, I want to read this verse of scripture to you. It's actually Hebrews chapter 12. Uh, beginning in verse one, and this isn't even my Easter message. So this is extra credit stuff I'm giving to you right now. But in Hebrews 12, it says this, let us run with perseverance, the race that is marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith 
who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him, it says, consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And so beginning next week, if you come back, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to take seven weeks and we're going to focus on the life of Jesus. We're going to learn about him. The Bible says this, that oftentimes when people listen to Jesus, when they watched his actions, uh, when they saw his compassion, when they saw his relationship with his heavenly father, the Bible says this every now and again, it says people were amazed And so what we're going to do for seven weeks, and I think we really need to be doing this right now, we're going to focus on the life of Jesus. And I'm telling you, I think it's going to be uh, helpful to our faith. And I really believe with all my heart, it's going to be filled with hope. And if you want some help with your faith and you're looking uh, for hope, we want to invite you to come on back. We're going to start that next week. So uh, it is Easter weekend. And uh, while, uh, you know, so many things look different, Uh, One of the things that I think about is that the message and the promise is the same. And I got to tell you, I think we need it right now uh, more than ever before. You know, for Christians around the world, this uh, the Easter weekend represents the single most important weekend uh, of the entire year. Uh, in terms of our faith. So uh, it's our chance to remember, I think of it this way, our chance to revel, our chance to wonder just one more time about Jesus and his triumphant life over sin, death, and the grave. And these are the truths that distinguish the Christian faith from every other religion. We worship a risen Savior. And it's like the angel that met the disciples at the grave the first Easter morning when the angel said, so why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen just as he said. And it is this truth I think about that never changes when everything else does change. And I got to tell you, we are going through some changes right now. I mean, all of our traditions are different. Uh, All of our uh, guest lists are different for dinner. I know some of you guys are excited about that, but not everybody's excited about that. You know, the menu has changed. We're learning to kind of eat whatever we have, you know, and cooking whatever we got in the fridge. You know, the chicken meatloaf and the tortilla chips, you know, the frozen uh, freezer burn hot dogs with the spaghetti. It's delicious. I mean, this is the kind of stuff uh, we're doing. You know, one of our traditions uh, in our house uh, at Easter time, I'll often buy Beth flowers and, uh, you know, for the centerpiece and we have our family over. Those are the, the family that live near us. And so I'll often, you know, get flowers just as a centerpiece to just, you know, uh, remind my wife uh, how much I love her and how much I care for her, how special she is to me. I also want to remind her how lucky she is to have me. But um, at any rate, I, I didn't do that this year because, you know, we're not, a lot of us were trying to not go to the grocery store and you know, I, I, I didn't do that. So I, I thought what I would do is I thought I'm going to up my game. And so I, I want to show you while she was out, I, I set up our little table for Easter and I, I want to show you, here's, here's what we're going to do. This is what we set up. So, and, and I want to tell you once, once the quarantine lifts and all of us can kind of go back to life. If you want me to come over and do that at your house, I will come over and I will do that very same thing at your house. Okay. Just sign up for that. We'll put that on the web. So anyhow, but, um, you know, so many things are different, and uh, because things are different, I decided uh, this year uh, that I would choose what I believe to be the most different version of the resurrection account of Jesus, 
and to preach from it uh, this year because it's different. And so what I want to do, you've already had a chance to look at it. I want to read it for myself and we're going to read it again. And then I want to pray for us. And I want to tell you what's different about it. And I want to tell you why I think it's so important that we would read from this story this Easter. And as you already know, it comes from the gospel of John. And we're going to read from John uh, chapter 20. And I want to read these 10 verses. So uh, here again, God's word, listen to it very carefully. John records it this way. He says, early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. And so she came running to Simon Peter and to the other disciple, the one Jesus loved and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they put him. And so Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb and both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And he bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but he did not go in. And then Simon came along uh, behind him and went straight into the tomb. And he also saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth uh, that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. And the cloth was still lying in its place separate from the linen. And finally, the other disciple uh, who had reached the tomb first also went inside and he saw he saw and he believed. Now they still did not understand from scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. And then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, uh, on this very special day, in this very special moment, all of us, oh God, from wherever we are, we enter into this space uh, with hearts filled with wonder and expectation and joy over the, the words that we read and the deep and powerful meanings held within these words. Uh, God, I would like to pray a bold prayer, and I'd like to say and pray to you, Lord, like never before, uh, would you give us an opportunity and the space to set everything else aside so in these moments, if for the first time or for the first time again in a long time, would you, oh God, speak to us these wonderful words of life that we may understand the resurrection story. This we pray in Jesus' name and every single person from wherever you are said, amen. So what I want you to think with me for about, about for a few moments is simply this. Number one, this story is different. Now, I want you to know that all of the gospel accounts are different from one another in, in a lot of ways. In fact, every now and again, people will ask me, some of you have asked me before, you know, because the gospels are different, they're, they're different enough. Are, are they competitive in a way or are they unreliable? Because in some ways they tell kind of a different story. And I always tell people when they ask me that, no, they're telling the same story just viewed from a different vantage point. If you and I were to, you know, witness something, you know, out in public, like remember when we used to go out in public and, and, and we would 
see things, you know, like say we saw a fender bender on the road and, and you were on one side of the street and I was on the other side of the street. And, and then we were to give a report around that, uh, uh, around that event, what we would, we would say basically the same thing, but we would also add some other details because of our vantage point. And that's really what's going on when you consider all the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they're telling the same story, but they're telling it from the vantage point from, from, you know, where they're coming from. And so when I think about this, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of an interesting and, and powerful thing. Um, you know, the other night I was thinking about this. In fact, the other night we were uh, on a Zoom call with our small group. In fact, I want to show you a picture. I got a cool small group. I just want to tell you all. And uh, we were we were doing what so many of you guys are doing. You're on a, you're, you're doing your small group and you're 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 staying connected. And we're just hearing about hundreds of people doing that. Please keep doing that. Please keep honoring biblical community. This is such an important thing right now. But we were meeting the other night with our small group and, um, and, and somebody shared during the small group that it was a full moon. And some, some who were zooming in on the call, they were actually outside. They said, you know, it's a full moon. And then somebody else in our small group said, you know, it's a blood moon. If you've ever heard of a, a blood moon and I hadn't been sleeping well. And the first thing I thought about when, when they said it's a blood moon, I thought, oh, great. The moon has the coronavirus. I mean, great. You know, like now what else? The whole world's falling apart. And uh, they went on to say, you know, they were talking about the blood moon. And then another one of our small group members said, hey, you know, the international space station is going to be passing through our atmosphere. And they said, depending on where you are in the world, this is the time when you can see the International Space Station. And this is kind of the idea behind all of the gospel accounts being different. But here's what I want to tell you, and here's what I want you to think about. John's gospel is considerably different from the other three. In fact, the other three are sometimes referred to as synoptic gospels, which is a fancy way to call them similar. Scholars believe that maybe one-third of the, of the uh, gospel of John was actually written in the upper room just before Jesus betrayal. It's almost as though we get a backstage pass to an invitation only event. And so one third of this writing are, are Jesus words to the disciples before he left that experience, walked across the Kidron Valley, went down into the garden of Gethsemane, was betrayed into the hands of evil men. And so in this moment, you know, what we're learning is this, this gospel is really different. But what I believe is so powerful and what gets really interesting and inspiring is that John's gospel is the only one to use a phrase that I believe really speaks to us in a moment like this. And I want to read it to you. It's actually in John chapter one, verse one, and it begins like this. It says, early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark. Now, I want you to think with me about that for a moment, because none of the other gospels give us that kind of detail. Each of the gospel accounts tell us other little things that we may want to know around this story, but you get to John and John thought enough to include that the gospel story actually begins. The greatest news you and I will ever experience in all of our lives begins in the story while it was still dark. And I got to tell you, I think this is really powerful. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe John may have written it uh, just there as a simple anecdotal addition, bonus material, if you will. But in a moment, it really speaks to us and really tells us something. It reminds us in this space that the story's not over, that there's more to come. And this is, this is the kind of thing that I'm thinking about. You know when the best 
time to hear good news. You know when we most long want to, uh, long to hear good news? It's when all the other news is bad. And this is, this is what's so powerful around John's telling of the gospel story. Because you and I are living in a space right now where there's just so much bad news. And it's easy to be overwhelmed. It's easy to be discouraged. It's, it's easy to be anxious about it. Uh, my kids, I think it was uh, Eric and, and Shelly, uh, sent us uh, recently, maybe you saw this, I'll show you a picture of it, uh, an actor by the name of John Krasinski. Maybe you know him through uh, The Office, remember that uh, series. And he has created, it's almost as though John senses this, and he started this thing called Some Good News. He started like a whole new network, and he's telling all these stories of good news and heroism and all these wonderful things in the midst of all this stuff that's going on right now and so challenging. And, and, and I think this is, has deep meaning for us uh, on Easter weekend, that right now when everything feels so bad, this is the best news ever. And, uh, you know, there's a story in the scripture. There's a little saying that every now and again we will say in the scripture. It comes actually uh, from King David. And scholars believe that King David, uh, who was the first one who ever said this, in Psalm chapter 30, this was a psalm that he wrote toward the dedication of the temple. And it's almost as though he's calling out on, to, his, to the Israelites all of the hardship, all of the struggle, all of the things they've gone through. And in that moment when, when he's dedicating the temple, here's what, here's what uh, you know, King David wants everybody to remember. He says this, weeping will last for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And I, I want you to know that, and I want you to know that deeply embedded into the resurrection account of Jesus Christ is the promise of that. That it might feel like night right now, it might feel like a struggle, it might feel like all the news is bad, but, but the story's not over. God is still working. This is so important to remember because uh, right now the news is so bad and it tends, I think bad news tends sometimes to, in my word, metastasize, which is another thing that I find different about John's gospel. What it makes it so powerful for an Easter weekend like this. And John chapter 20 and verse two, we get another piece of different news in this account. And in verse two, it says this, it says, uh, it says, so Mary came running to Simon Peter and to the other disciple and, and hey, uh, surprise, the other disciples, actually John, the one who's writing this and the one Jesus loved. He's, and, and it says this, Mary says, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they've put him. And this is like another little added thing that John sort of records for us. It's not recorded in any of the other gospels. And it's just a reminder sometimes when we think all the news is bad, like it can't get any worse, we just start thinking there's this bad news everywhere. And, and so Mary's just assuming when she sees the empty tomb, when she sees the stone having been rolled away, that the general assumption is not anything concerning, you know, what Jesus, maybe that he's risen from the dead, that he was telling them, that he was teaching them, that he was going to go to Jerusalem and rise from the dead, but, but that she naturally assumes that they've stolen the body. And I, I think this is a reminder for us right now as, as, as God's people, as the church, 
that there's heavy stuff out there. We know and COVID-19 sort of just almost uh, accentuates all the bad news. Uh, I was reading, you probably seen this too. I was reading an account the other day and I saw some pictures around this about a woman uh, in a, you know, one of our States to the North who's going through chemotherapy and going through a really difficult time. And her husband can't get to her right now. He can't, he can't be with her. And so uh, what he, what he's been doing every day is he's been making signs about how much he loves her and how much he cares for her. And he, he just goes to the hospital and he just stands out in front of the window. He holds a sign up. And I don't know about you, but that wrecked me when I saw that. I, I, I read another story about a, a woman who caught the virus. She's 85 years old and she was celebrating her birthday. And, and none of the family could be there with her when it was her birthday. And so all the nurses who are our heroes right now, right? And the nurses just gathered around her and they sang happy birthday to her. And she is clapping happy birthday and she died two days later. And it, it, these are the stories right now that are just so painful. And we need to be reminded in this moment, you know, that our, our, our faith doesn't take us away from difficulty and hardship and sorrow. It's just the antidote when we go through it. And so we need to be reminded right now of this and, and that while all of this bad news has a tendency to metastasize, I want to tell you something. God is calling you and God is calling me to be Easter people in this season and to spread abroad the fragrance of the knowledge of Jesus everywhere we are, everywhere we go, even if we're doing that digitally, even if we're doing that with a sign, even if we're doing that with an email to say, I'm praying for you. God is challenging us, I believe, in this season. And one of the messages, I think, of this season is that God is calling his people to be the kinds of people who don't give in to fear, who don't manifest, uh, you know, uh, fear and all of this, but we're the, we're the kinds of people that manifest compassion and manifest grace. I had a mentor in my life one time that told me this. He taught me a little poem. It goes like this, Lord, give me the eyes lest I as some will should pass by someone's Calvary and call it just a hill. And so God is reminding us in this space that he's doing some powerful things in the midst of this darkness. And one of the ways he's going to do powerful things is through his people. And so this is what I think is so powerful about this message, this resurrection story, this different story. But I want to tell you one other thing too. And that's this really under this idea that I think the resurrection of Jesus, right? Is the best news of all. There's one more different thing that John writes into his telling of the account. And it happens in verse nine. And so they, you know, they, they go into the tomb, they see him, John sees, and he believes that he's risen. They all start to come back to their senses. They all begin to remember all of these conversations where Jesus was saying all these wonderful, powerful, mysterious things. But in John chapter 20, verse nine, John had the courage to write this. And he's even writing this about himself. You know, they did still did not understand from scripture 
that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Now, here's the interesting thing about all the different gospel accounts. Gospel means good news. And this is the good news. The good news is that Jesus' death and resurrection is his good, gracious plan so that you and I only have to die once. This is the powerful part of this story. And what you notice in verse 9, it says they, they didn't, you know, John says they didn't fully understand. And, and then it says they, they went back to the place where they were staying. It's like they went back to quarantine also. And they began to ruminate. They began to think about. They began to talk through all of the different encounters. I don't know. Whenever I read that, I think to myself, I would have loved to have been in that room when it began to suddenly dawn on, wait a minute. This is what he meant. This is what he said. He, he didn't, his body wasn't stolen. He is risen from the dead just as he said he would. And what we need to understand on this side of religious history, right, is that this is not just a historical event that doesn't have meaning for us. It has great meaning for us. I can tell you something that I believe about my own experience, which I'm sure you are finding in your own experience right now. So many things that we have put a lot of stock in over time to bring us a lot of satisfaction has been stripped back. And we are living right now in a space where we can see perhaps like, you know, never before the reality, the sufficiency the complete work of what Jesus offers to us. I can't think of a more powerful moment for you to either come to Jesus for the very first time and ask him into your life to forgive your sins, to be your Lord Savior, or maybe to just come home again. I'm talking to a lot of people right now that, you know, I mean, they have the residue of remembered religion from a long time ago, and they're learning That's not enough for the season we're in right now. And I want to make sure that I tell the story. You know, one of my favorite verses comes from the pen of the Apostle Paul, who in Romans chapter 10, in verse 14 and 15, he says, you know, how can they call on one they've not believed in? And how can they believe in one in whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? And then he says this, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news? Let me ask you a simple question. You need good news? This is it. Take a moment right now, wherever you are, and come home to Jesus. Ask him into your heart. Give him the rightful place of leadership in your life. Start with where you are, with what you know, and let God, by the power of his Holy Spirit, begin to move you into a relationship with him. There's never, ever been a better time to do it. In fact, let me pray for you right now. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you that the gospel is good news. 
We thank you, Jesus, that it's the best news ever. And Lord, maybe for many of us, there's never been a time when we have longed for good news. When right now the news is just so scary. God, by the power of your spirit, would you give us the courage to step into a relationship with you by just a simple decision of our will and just a simple prayer to say, Lord, here I am. Come into my heart. Forgive my sins. Be my Lord and leader, my forgiver and my friend. Lord, you will, you will take that and you will move us into a relationship with you. God, we thank you for John's gospel, different but so powerful for this Easter. May it come home to every human heart listening to the sound of my voice. For we pray together in Jesus' name and everyone said, amen. Hey, I want to tell you, we want to know. We want to know if you're making a first-time commitment to Christ or you're coming home again and you want to learn how to grow in your relationship, we're going to put a number on the screen. If you would just text the word NEXT to that number on the screen, we will help you get connected and begin to grow in a relationship with this Jesus who is the Christ. I want to invite you back next week to join us as we start our new series, Amazed. We're going to jump into learning about his life and what was so amazing about this God that we're worshiping. God bless you. Happy Easter. We'll see you online next weekend.